Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 199 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is founder of Learn, Build, Teach. He is a self-taught web developer who is addicted to learning and has a passion for teaching. He speaks at community events, participates in hackathons, and builds continuously. So welcome to the podcast, James Quick. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. No, you're welcome. Obviously, that's a very brief intro. Um, So I wondered if you could perhaps tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're up to now. I go by kind of the the personal brand of developer, speaker, and teacher. So I'm currently a full-stack developer and uh, application architect at FedEx Services here in Memphis. So that's really the developer side. And then uh, also a speaker. So I do uh, speaking events and have done them for the past five years or so. Uh, across the country and the United States, and then a teacher as well. So a big part of uh, what I do with the Learn, Build, Teach platform and with other things that I have going on is taking the things that I learn and sharing them back into the community through uh, online videos, courses, and then just recently have been involved in teaching a boot camp here in Memphis, a programming boot camp to teach people in the community how to code and then transition into jobs in IT and software development. So that's we're kind of in the stage of, of doing some career preparedness for those students. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, but that's something I've been really excited about and really, really involved in for the past six months or so. Are there any sort of particular areas of IT or technology that you focus on? I try to focus, uh, especially the time that I get to choose on uh, web development. So that's where I spend uh, the content that I create is focused on front end, but I do full stack at my job at FedEx. So we use uh, Java backend, doing microservices with Spring Boot. And I do a lot of work there. And then also at work, uh, do the front end in Angular to create our web applications that we have. So James, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, one that the audience might not know and perhaps should? So it's, it's going to sound a little cliche, but I'll make it a little more pragmatic with a couple of examples. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I got from my mentor starting out at, at Microsoft a few years ago was to invest in yourself. And that could take shape in many different ways. Uh, the big one for me was monetarily investing in yourself. I don't come from much money and don't uh, have kind of historically been pretty cheap. Uh, my friends make fun of me for that. <laughs> but I had my mentor, he bought like a an external monitor that you can carry around that powers through USB. So you just carry it in your laptop, plug it into your or carry it in your backpack, plug it into your laptop. And you've got a, an extra monitor that you can carry with you to to work on, to do hackathons or whatever it is. And, you know, he told me how much he spent on it. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot of money. But then he went on to elaborate to say, you know, I, I take a certain amount of money every year and budget it for myself to invest, invest in myself, invest in. He was doing Android development and he went and bought an Android phone to make sure he had a good phone to test on, bought this extra monitor to, to have space to write code and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of an interesting pivot for me of, of thinking, you know, instead of being super, super cheap all the time, you can actually take some of that money and invest it into things that will benefit uh, your career. A couple 
examples for me are online courses. Uh, I took a couple online courses on Udemy, online platform for $10 a piece, and uh, basically completely transitioned my career into web development. And then from the YouTube video perspective, invested a lot of money in my equipment to make my, my content better and better along the way too. Sure. I mean, obviously, you can get a lot of value out of courses online these days. Obviously, the value is, is so low mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the cost of it, but um, they're available um, and you can pretty much choose whatever you want to learn now. Definitely. So I make music on the side. One of my favorite quotes is YouTube is the new school for get college because you can basically learn anything you want to on YouTube. So James, can you share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? It's not super technical. I don't really have the typical, like I I wiped out a production database or I shipped code that broke everything. Um, Certainly had my fair share of bugs, but nothing nothing too drastic. So from a non-technical perspective, uh, when I was working at Microsoft as an evangelist, an evangelist job is like technical and social and investing in the community and teaching people how to use our technologies. So at the end of the year, you have like a performance review with your manager and you get your bonus. And uh, I got the bonus number in terms of a dollar amount and it was significantly lower than what I expected. And it was still a bonus. So I still like appreciated that, but not at all what I expected. And so I, I told my manager, you know, I feel like this doesn't reflect the job that I did. And I feel like this dollar amount basically says that I I didn't do a good job and I did a bad job. And he kind of said, no, no, that's not what it means. And then talked around in circles for a while and didn't give me any sort of specific reason why didn't give me any like advice on things to work on or things that he felt like I didn't do a good job on. So that was incredibly frustrating to not just miss out on money, but basically get told you're doing a decent job and that not be reflected, but then also not have any advice or explanation as to why. Yes, indeed. So in terms of what you took away from that experience, is there anything you do differently now to ensure that doesn't happen? Yeah, so I'm really big on uh, open conversations and transparency. So having having those touch points with management along the way throughout the year, I think makes a big difference being being very clear on, on what your expectations are and, and being very clear with management that uh, you know, I need this feedback to make sure that I'm on the right track or I'm not. And I think I'm relatively good. It's always a hard thing to do of, of taking feedback and acting on it. Uh, but you can't you can't make changes if you don't get the feedback. So just being clear and upfront and communicating with management throughout the course of the year, I think, can go a long way to help that situation. Indeed. And that, oh, as you say, I think that's really a two way street in terms of the fact that you have to provide the input and, and demonstrate your value as much as it is about agreeing objectives and and be able to sort of track it throughout the year definitely so just on on that note another piece of advice that i got was to create a folder in your email for like feedback so anytime you get some sort of positive response from anyone file that away in a folder in a notebook somewhere so that at the end of the year you have a reference to go back and kind of say these are the things that i did this is the impact that i had that sort of stuff exactly yeah that's a great idea good tip so james Could you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? So I mentioned working as an evangelist at Microsoft, and it was this interesting and really exciting balance of being pretty technical, but also doing a lot of the social engagements, being at community events, speaking at events and conferences and doing guest lectures and all that kind of stuff. But the amount of code that I I wrote at that point was relatively low, and this was coming out of college. So I would do like sample applications that I would demo or speak about but never get into like real production software. 
So uh, transitioned from Microsoft. My wife and I moved back to Memphis and joined FedEx as a full-time software developer and didn't really know how I fit in. I didn't know what my technical chops were in comparison to people that have been doing that sort of thing specifically for several years. So early on, within a few months, you know, I, I really started to contribute. I really started to kind of feel like, obviously, I really do belong here. I'm doing a good job. Ended up the second application that I worked on, built the entire front end, basically myself, which was really exciting. And then that transitioned into uh, getting promoted to an architect uh, a little over a year ago to be able to kind of, at a, at a higher scale, be able to have an impact on the, the software that we write at FedEx. So having that assurance that I, I really do kind of know my stuff and I fit in really was a big one for me. Yes. And presumably, we'll probably come to this later, but in terms of how you're progressing your career, you can see a way forward from where you are and, and obviously what you've done so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's different levels of, of architecture to move up into. Um, and I think for my personal career path for the time being, there's uh, it's not really a management track for me. It's not something that I'm specifically interested in at this point. So just kind of having a bigger and bigger impact internally at FedEx is kind of the generic goal. And then uh, I can give a few few extra points uh, later on in the conversation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point about the fact that you don't necessarily have to go down a management route if you want to progress and grow your career. So yeah. Okay. So James, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I think the biggest thing for me is is, is there's always something to learn. Uh, this is an upside and a downside of being in tech, being in IT, being in programming is there's there's always a new language, there's always a new framework, especially in the web development realm that I focus on. But that's also the exciting part, right? You always have something to learn, you have things to play around with, uh, the tools get better and better. And so, you know, some people kind of, I guess, rest on their laurels is the is the phrase they, they kind of say, I know what I know, and, and I'll just kind of ride this thing out. That's not me, I'm always looking to learn, always looking to play with new tools and that kind of stuff. So being in a career where you get that opportunity almost on a daily basis, is exciting. And then also just in IT, there's so many different ways to contribute, to be involved. There's, you think of like front end versus back end, there's databases, there's uh, networking. And then there's some of the more different creative set of skills like user experience and design, things that people don't necessarily associate with being in IT, but those are things that are required to make successful applications. So there's so many different niches that you can kind of move around and experiment with or take your skill set and apply that there's always opportunities and, and like I said, always opportunities to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think obviously you touched on one point, there is almost too much choice. If you if you uh, <laughs> try and look at everything, you almost become overwhelmed and you need to be able to sort of be selective, maybe you know, take a little bit of a, a view across the board of what is out there and then choose a few individual items to look at in more detail. So James, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? <laughs> sure, let's go. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? So I got into this almost by accident to start. So I got into college, into the engineering department of uh, the university I went to, and they asked me what major I wanted to study, and I had no idea. And I randomly kind of chose computer science because it sounded interesting, but had no experience with, uh, with programming whatsoever. So obviously, it ended up turning out really well, but I was taking you know the standard classes, and I talked to some people and my classes that were building Android apps. And I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. And so I borrowed a book on how to build Android apps and honestly got kind of bored with the book itself of just walking through the tutorials. So I decided 
I wanted to build something that I was excited about, which at that time and still today uh, was a Harry Potter trivia app. Okay. And yeah, just kind of took took the bits and pieces from the book that I had and learning how to use Google to find out the things that I didn't have to build this application that I ended up publishing in the Android marketplace. And so being able to transition your mindset from just being a consumer of applications to actually being a producer where you look at something and you say, you know, with the skill set I have, with the knowledge that I have, I can actually build stuff. I don't have to take things at face value. I can change them. I can make them better. Or I could build my own thing. So that was that was like the pivotal moment for me in terms of really appreciating what there was to offer from my computer science background and actually being able to apply the things in class to something pretty cool outside. Indeed. Yeah. So how successful was the app? Actually, from my perspective, really, really successful. I think um, I think it was over probably close to like 30,000 downloads at the end of the day wow. after several years in the Android store, which again, I mean, the code was probably definitely terrible at the time, <laughs> uh, but it got the job done. So that was uh, that was pretty cool to actually see not only something be built, but actually go out there and be relatively successful. Too. Indeed. And the fact that, as you say, 30,000 people potentially have, have their hands on it and used it. Yeah. That's, that's great to know. Yeah. Yeah. James, what's the best career advice you've ever received? So I've got one that's a little little personal for me, but I interned at FedEx uh, after my junior year of college. And during my senior year, got a full-time offer from FedEx. At the same time, was interviewing with Microsoft, but the final, the interviews hadn't finished. And so I didn't know whether or not I was going to get a job or get an offer from Microsoft. So I I talked to FedEx and I asked for more time and they basically told me I didn't have any more time. So on the phone, I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to turn it down because I really want to know what happens with this other opportunity. And the lady I was talking to put my manager from my internship on the phone. Uh, She said, you know, the marketplace, you don't there's no guarantees. You don't know that you'll find anything else. Why don't you take this job offer? And then if something changes, if you get the opportunity with Microsoft, you'd be respectful and call us and let us know. And uh, one, that was that was the most unselfish thing I've ever gotten from somebody that works for a company, because obviously that's not very beneficial for FedEx for her to tell me that. So that was really cool. But that's not even the, the career advice yet. So after a few weeks, or actually, I think it was a couple of months, I got the final interview with Microsoft. I got an offer from Microsoft. And I was talking to my dad about it. Uh, you know, I felt bad about potentially basically rescinding on the offer from FedEx. My mom had just passed away six months before. So my dad was not in great health, was living in Memphis basically by himself. And so that was kind of weighing on me too. And I was talking to him about it. And he was like, I absolutely think you should uh, take this Microsoft opportunity. It's a better opportunity at this time that you're more excited about. And it gave me the opportunity to move outside of Memphis. And that was one of his biggest regrets is that he had never moved out of Memphis, hadn't really done any of those things that he had kind of thought about doing. So for him to be able to to make the very unselfish push for me to do the right thing for me to get the most experience out of out of the world, basically, was one of the big transitioning and pivotal points in, in my career as well. Yes, absolutely. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> Uh, worst career advice is basically just to kind of accept things the way they are or accept things are going to be a certain way for a while. And from my perspective, if if things aren't being done the right way, then we don't sit on that. We we work to make make changes to make them be the way that they should be. And that could be a technical 
technical decision in terms of architecture, language, or whatever it is. It could be a process uh, conversation. If, if there's extra process that's maybe not unnecessary, you don't, don't want to waste your time doing things that aren't really uh, needed. So from my perspective, I don't, I don't really take things that I think are wrong and sit on them. I like to make changes and I like to be constantly kind of pushing and, and learning and adapting in my personal career, but also in the people and, and environment around me. I'm never just going to sit. I always want to kind of improve things and do them the right way. So if, if I get the advice of just kind of accepting the way they are, that doesn't really, doesn't really go over that well with me. Yes. So presumably you're, you're quite happy to challenge the norm and be a little bit disruptive and ask questions, the why approach, you know, why do we do that? You know, why does that happen? That sort of thing. Definitely. Yep, exactly. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? So I'll, I'll start with getting my degree in computer science. I was much more focused on getting good grades than actually learning for the most part. And I, the students that I teach, I tell them all the time, you know, the, the things that you're getting experience with, the, the hands-on, the being able to actually build something was not, not an experience that I really had coming out of college from my classes. And so in classes, I mainly, mainly just kind of focused on getting good grades and doing the assignments as they were, as they were due, but not really appreciating what was going on or really learning or focusing on the learning and understanding aspect of that. Um, I think one of the things that did help was building that side Harry Potter app. Yep. Uh, being able to, to have that experience of actually building something. That was a big one for me. So taking advantage of, of potentially more opportunities like that, building, building cool stuff, having fun with it. One thing I really wish I had done was attend a hackathon in college. I heard um, heard people talk about hackathons, and I assumed it was like actually hacking into a server. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. Yes. So I, it kind of scared me away, and I didn't realize that hackathons are really a great place one to learn. They're a great place to meet people. They're a great place to see what other people are doing, see what other tools people are using, and just learn about so many different things that are out there and kind of give you a little bit of perspective on where you are in your either career path or or learning path or whatever it is. And so by attending those and just doing other maybe community events in general, um, I think that would have kind of given me more of that appreciation in college and shortly after to keep me moving and excited and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So presumably you'd recommend anybody in their sort of the early stages of their career to get involved in hackathons or uh, meetups and, and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And what are your career objectives currently? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, um, about the architecture side on kind of the day-to-day job of being able to contribute and have, have impact at a higher scale at FedEx. Um, that's a little bit broad, but that's kind of the general idea for me there. And then partially tied into my job, but also a little bit more on the personal time is doing more public speaking. So I've been uh, doing conferences more in the last, I guess it's been about a year that I've gotten back into it after leaving Microsoft. And it's kind of broadening my brand. And I think about if I was looking for a job opportunity and everyone in the in the world knew me as a, as a good developer, as a skilled developer, it'd be very easy to get a job. So broadening your brand can always kind of help you in, in any type of opportunity. But I also enjoy the public speaking side of it getting out there and, and getting to speak to people and then have hopefully good feedback from people that attended those talks. That's a big one for me. It's just kind of broadening that brand, trying to get out there and, and get my name out there as much as I can. Indeed. 
And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Yeah, so I'll give you, I'll give you one and two. One was uh, in college, I was a double major with Spanish and computer science. When I was applying to Microsoft, they had a job opening in Miami, which is obviously very heavy on uh, speaking Spanish. And so having Spanish on my resume was actually one of the big factors of me getting the offer at Microsoft, oddly enough, which you would never really expect yeah. for that particular position. And then probably the more applicable one is just my kind of social nature, my outgoing personality. And that led me to the evangelist job at Microsoft where you have to have a really strong social presence. You have to be comfortable talking to people. You have to be comfortable getting out there and being a part of the community. Um, And that opens up one, that particular kind of opportunity, but I think it's opened up more opportunities for me at FedEx internally as well. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? I spend a lot of my time building cool stuff. Um, I enjoy creating the the YouTube videos and things that I do based on the things that I learn and practice with. And then I also touched on this a little while ago. I invest in the community. So I spend a lot of time in the community. I go to community events and you meet people through all stages of the learning and career development process. You see people that are uh, going through boot camps that are taking online courses. They're, they're building side projects. They're building startup side projects and trying to make a career out of that. I just I love being around people that that also have energy and that are also working towards something. And I get that through being in the community and they kind of re-energize me every time I get out to a meetup or or a conference or things like that. Yes. No, that that's great. I, I think you're right. I think that can be very beneficial in terms of the way you feel about your career and making a difference and being involved in a community. What do you do in your spare time away from technology? My wife and I love to travel. I had a a work trip in Europe a couple of months ago. She ended up coming across for her first trip to Europe. And we spent a couple of days in Amsterdam and a couple of days in Germany, which was, that was a lot of fun for us. We went to Toronto back in February. I really wanted to be in the snow and the cold. And it was definitely (laughs) both of those things in February. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. And then we do just kind of travel around the country to see, see friends and stuff like that. We're also really big into uh, sports. So my wife played soccer in college. I worked with the women's basketball team in college. We've played on co-ed soccer teams together since college. Um, I play on a a basketball team at nights and then also have a group at FedEx that we play together over lunch sometimes. So we both are very sports oriented. We're now starting to train for a half marathon coming up in late November. I've got a long way to go, to be honest, but we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of commitment required. It's a big commitment. We've done this the last, I think this is our third or fourth year in a row. Right. Where there's a, a series of, of runs, races that start with uh, 5K, about three miles, and then end in doing a uh, half marathon. So we'll get there. It, it's definitely going to be a process, though. <laughs> and James, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? It's been a little bit of uh, some of the things we've talked about, but I took a class in college i think it was an engineering management class and one of the things the, probably the only thing i remember that from that class honestly is relationship management is the key to success it's the idea that you know networking you never know who you're going to meet you never know which person is going to present you with the next opportunity in, in your career you never know which person you'll be able to provide their next opportunity in their career and for me networking it's not it's not just, hi, I'm James Quick, I'm a developer, what do you do? It's really investing in people, it's having a conversation, it's really 
really just kind of enjoying that relationship. And if something comes out of it on either end, that's a benefit, but investing in people first and not just doing kind of the, the intentional cold networking, I guess. Um, and that certainly led to many opportunities in my career along the way. So getting out there, taking advantage of the opportunity to be around people and meet them and really invest in them, I think can go a long way. I think it's also important to um, be interested in what people do and who they are as much as sort of playing lip service to just meeting people. I think it's very important you have an interest. Exactly. And I think I think you can kind of tell when people, the way they introduce themselves, you can get a quick kind of gauge of, of whether or not they're actually interested in what yeah. you have to say. Yes. Um, if they don't seem interested, then that's, that's kind of a, a relationship that doesn't go very far. But if you really do invest and you care about the things they're interested in and it's mutual, um, you never know what could come out of it. Yeah, it's one of those things I find. If you look at somebody's eyes in particular, it's a bit of a giveaway. You can tell whether they're engaged or not. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? So I'm pretty big in the Twitter community at James Q Quick on Twitter. Uh, also, we mentioned, um, I think to start off, I've got a platform called Learn, Build, Teach, which is an online yes. platform where I do uh, YouTube videos on my YouTube channel. I have some courses on Udemy. And then that kind of rolls into my public speaking and, and presentations and stuff like that as well. So if you're interested in finding out about those videos or courses that I have available, you can go to learnbuildteach.com. It'll have uh, all the courses listed there, some recent YouTube videos, as well as a newsletter that you can subscribe to to get uh, information about upcoming content courses and things like that. Yeah, so plenty there for people to have a look at, definitely. James, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.